Hey there, business animals. It's Kim here. Today's episode is so cool. We have a lot of fun for you. You're going to laugh throughout this episode because we have the wonderful Betsy Bird of Ride the Sky Photography with us today. Now, Betsy is not just another photographer. She is amazing at entrepreneurship. She's amazing at organizing things and can run a business on very little time, which how many of you would like to have more time to do the things that are important in your business. I know that you would. I know I do. So Betsy has some great ideas for us. And I'm just going to run down the big three from this episode so that you can be listening for them as the episode goes through. So first of all, planning. So if you're going to reach your goals, you've got to make some planning in advance. And Betsy helps us understand how to break our planning down into steps that are easy for us to take. She has some wonderful ideas on some tools that you can use that are really easily accessible to be able to help you plan out your goals, whether they are for a year, a month, or a project. So she's got a lot of good information about that. The second of the big three that I want you to listen for is when Betsy talks about automation. Now, I know you guys hear that from me particularly a lot, but there's reasons for it. And hopefully now you're starting to see that we have a lot of people that have been on the show that talk about automation and how it saves you time and how it frees up the time that you need to be able to do the things that you really need to be able to do in your business. And finally, the third of the big three is basically time blocking and then also a concept of eat that frog. So I'm going to let you listen to the program. If you don't know what the statement eat the frog or eat that frog means, you'll have some really good education by the end of this episode about what that actually means. It is a metaphor. We're not literally eating frogs, but uh, it'll really help you in your business and it'll help you with your goal setting and your time management as well. So enjoy. Welcome to the Business Animal Podcast. Saddle up for a gallop to the top of the animal industry where you'll learn how to tame your wild business beast with tips, techniques, and tools that will take overwhelm to obedience school and have you wagging your tail with joy. And now your hosts, Kim Beer and Kara Taylor Swift. Hi there, business animals. It's Kim with Be More Business. And Kara Taylor Swift with Fast Horse Photography. We are here today with one of my pals, Betsy Bird from Ride the Sky Photography. You guys, this is one of my favorite people. I can introduce her as a comedian, as a travel buddy, as a friend that I was friends with before she knew we were friends, <laughs> one of those kind of people in my life. There's a lot of great stories there. But I'm going to introduce you guys in the way that she would like me to introduce you. <laughs> so Betsy Bird of Ride the Sky Equine Photography is a certified professional photographer with the organization Professional. Professional Photographers of America. That's kind of a big deal, guys. The CPP designation is held by fewer than 2,500 photographers nationwide. Ride the Sky specializes in on-location photography for equines and the equestrians that love them. Additionally, Ride the Sky works with equine and pet brands and businesses to provide commercial photography for their advertising and marketing needs in both the digital and print spaces. When she's not busy out in the field doing insane things to make an animal look at her, She's clearly desperate for attention, y'all. You can catch her on the couch snuggling with Nitro, her rescue dog. On Betsy's website, which you guys will have to go see, she has a bio. And in that bio, there are some things that are really funny that stories that Betsy has told me in the past that always crack me up. The first one I want to share with you is that when Betsy was in high school, she won an eight-year-old Appaloosa mare in a statewide contest. This is serious. And she took over six hours to get this horse loaded into the trailer. And I guess she's got some good stories with that. But I will tell you that the idea that someone can, a child can win a horse at a state fair and go to a non-horse family or can just be like, just cracks me up. The other funny story that she talks about that keeps me <laughs> laughing is that when she was in high school, she won a statewide public speaking contest and competed in a national public speaking competition. Her topic was artificial insemination in horses. Imagine talking about that as a high schooler, y'all. I'm blushing just thinking about it right now. So to prepare for this and to get comfortable with it, she practiced giving this presentation 
everywhere. She spoke to everyone, including at the local oh Rotary Club breakfast meeting. So she likes to say, if you can discuss artificial insemination in horses with middle-aged men while they eat eggs and bacon, that you can basically talk to anyone <laughs> oh about anything. Gosh. And that is one of the great things about Betsy. She doesn't know a stranger. She's one of the funniest people I know. When we get together, it is always a riot. And so y'all welcome Betsy to the show. And we're really excited to talk with you guys a little bit about reaching your goals with Betsy. But before we get there, Betsy, why don't we start out? First of all, welcome. Why don't we start out with you sharing a little bit about your business and how you got started? Well, first of all, I'm just going to say with that intro, I think we're done here. So (laughs) it's been fun. See you guys later. Show over. (laughs) I mean, I sound really fabulous, so I'm very excited about that. (laughs) You are fabulous. Are you kidding? Well, okay. Hi, guys. How are you? It's really nice to chat with everyone today. Um, And, of course, to see Kim and Kara's smiling faces on this video. (laughs) As far as your question, how I got started in business is kind of a very roundabout way. I've always been interested in horses and and grew up on a small horse boarding farm. I did riding, showing 4-H. I've been surrounded by horses my entire life. My father was a wildlife and nature photographer in his retirement and had kind of always done photography throughout his career. And that was kind of how I connected with him over time was we would sit there and just argue over cameras and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and when my daughter was born, she was basically born with reins in her hand. And so I just started taking pictures of her when she was into a barn and showing and that sort of stuff, sort of branched out into taking pictures of all the different girls. And it just sort of morphed on from there. And it was kind of a passion project, sort of a sideline for a long time, because I was running a business um, for entrepreneurs. Uh, who needed marketing services, because that's what my background is in. And it sort of grew on the horse side at the same time the marketing business was growing, and it about killed me because I was running, you know, two businesses sort of simultaneously. And I had to make a decision between what I wanted to kind of focus on. So I sort of slowed down the marketing side and sped up the photography side. And that's kind of how I ended up where I am now. Nice, nice, Betsy. So you have a really deep background in helping entrepreneurs navigate their businesses. And I know from knowing you, you have a very interesting entrepreneurial setup. Your mom, you got how many kids? I have three teenagers right now. <laughs> if they all survive oh my to goodness. be adults, it'll be questionable. Unless you <laughs> Might be subject to change at any moment. <laughs> What an inspiration you are. (laughs) Yes, she is an inspiration. And if you happen to be one of her, the lucky people that is a Facebook friend with Betsy, you occasionally get these Facebook posts that say, anyone else like find, I don't know, strange things in their refrigerator and uh, no, just me and in the washing machine. Some of the things you find in your washing machine. (laughs) Well, you know, I have two kids with ADHD and when they don't take their meds they tend to be pretty scattered so I will find all kinds of fun things in all kinds of weird places and a lot of the times I post those things on Facebook mainly because you know Facebook does memories so you know like six years from now I'll have one pop up that is just I mean I will sit there and laugh at it for about 20 minutes and then I'll I'll screenshot it and I'll send it to all my kids and I'll be like guess which one of you this was Like I just had one the other day that popped up and it said, did anyone pull into their garage and realize that where their car should be parked was a half eaten chicken sandwich on the ground, (laughs) like just sitting there. And I'm like, I'd only been gone 20 minutes. So, you know, no idea who left a chicken sandwich (laughs) that they half ate, but they did. Or, you know, one time I found a plate with a sandwich like fully made sandwich and chips sitting in my pantry with no one around. Somebody was hungry. You know, like why? I guess they were saving it for later or something. It sounds like you may need um, one of those people that comes and clears the ghosts out of your house. That, that, that sounds like ghost activity to me. You know, we had a flood in our house not that long ago, a couple years ago, and they had to redo the whole downstairs 
And um, when they took off the bottom walls and stuff of our house, the contractor came out and he said, I'm not going to lie. I found Wendy's uh, drinks in the walls. <laughs> and I'm like, our house was built in the 1990s. So it's literally been there since then. But, you know, I was like, well, that's kind of typical for our house. So, you know. Oh, my <laughs> word. You have ghosts. <laughs> I'm telling you, there's ghosts in that house. You need to call the Ghostbusters. <laughs> And um, have them come do a clearing or something. But all, all laughing and giggling aside, Betsy, to say that your life is just a little bit chaotic at times is probably an understatement. But you're very successful at running your business. And I know that you have a background in project management. But I also know that you are masterful with being able to reach your goals. And that's what we're here to talk about today. We really want to pick your brain about this because we know that there's a lot of people listening to this that have chaotic lives and also want to have really successful businesses. And you have some methodologies around really helping people be able to grasp how to reach their goals. And I know that one of those things is planning, which is um, something I love to do, but don't like to execute. So can you talk to us a little bit about your system for planning out everything in your life? You're quite amazing at it. Betsy, before you launch into that, I just want to say real quick that one of the reasons I really wanted you on the show was because I do think you're an inspiration to people that maybe have a crazy hectic lifestyle. Like you have children that have been sick on and off and that you've really had to dedicate time to them that you couldn't dedicate to a full-time business gig. And there's also a lot of people I think that are listening that are working on their side hustle right now. Maybe they're working a full-time job and they're trying to, you know, they've got this dream in their animal and they want to start this animal-based business, but they don't really have a lot of time. And I think the things that you're going to cover today and one of the things that I've always admired about you is how you can use the time, the limited amount of time that you have to not just stay afloat and put out little fires as we were talking about prior to the show, but you use it to grow and to work on your business. And you've continued to scale at a level that has been um, really impressive without the perhaps like the 40 to 60 hour work week that a lot of us are fortunate enough to have that are working full time in the business. So sorry to interrupt you guys there, but I just wanted to throw that out there because I know there are a lot of listeners out there that are working on their side hustle or thinking about starting their business while working full time. So <laughs> just to kind of give the listeners a little bit of a background as to what Kara is referring to is that in the last five years, I had a father who was diagnosed with stage four cancer. I had a husband who took a job that required him to travel for months at a time, literally mm -hmm. months. We wouldn't see him for four, six, eight months. <laughs> um, in fact, we had one year where we saw him two weeks of the entire year, like, and that was spaced out a day here, day there. And then during all of that going on, I had a son who came down with kind of a mysterious illness that required a yeah. lot of doctor's appointments and a lot of specialty appointments. And even to this day requires a lot of specialty appointments. To give you a little background on that, just in case anyone's wondering what his mysterious illness is, it's actually something called visceral hyperalgesia. It's a GI issue. And the only way it's diagnosed is by ruling out pretty much everything else that could possibly be a GI issue and then sending you to see a pediatric neurogastrointestinologist, which in case you're wondering, there aren't a lot of them in the country. And then it takes some specialty tests to be diagnosed from there. And then once you're diagnosed, it's actually not treated by a GI doctor. It's treated by a psychiatrist, behavioral therapist, and other sorted things because it requires medications that are similar to anxiety, even though it's not an anxiety disorder. <laughs> well, so managing your household and all of the things wrapped up in that is a full-time gig oh, for you. Oh, absolutely. Like that's a full, that could be a full-time job. Absolutely. And, you know, while all those three things were going on, I also had my daughter diagnosed with, they couldn't figure out what was going on with her. They kept telling us she had three years of some kidney issues. They sent her to some specialists, which require, you know, two to three hour trips to get to the specialists. Um, and it turned out in her case, she just has a rare condition that requires a supplement that has nothing to do with her kidneys. <laughs> So once we figured that out, that was an easy fix, <laughs> um, but it was rare and it's unusual. And 
you know, it's one of those things that it just required a lot of research, which Kim knows I'm kind of famous for my research and stuff. <laughs> so that's kind of the background of all that. So because of the chaos within my family and home life, I could not dedicate full-time hours to a business. It just, it, it's not possible. So, you know, my thought process is, is how do I grow a business and work it around doctor's appointments? How do I work it around, you know, having to go home and see my dad and help out with his care? Or how do I, you know, do it around my husband being home only these days or whatever the case may be. So as Kim said, I do have a kind of a little bit of a background with project management and marketing and that sort of stuff. So I am really, really big on planning out and then executing which I know Kim says she has a hard time with execution or doesn't like to do the execution part, but I have to make sure that everything I do is designed to move my business in some way. And that's not necessarily to say that everything I do has to make money for my business. It may be something that expands on branding. It may be something that expands on something that I'm working towards for next year or something. But there's always, everything I do is very strategic and trying to move businesses forward. When I do this, <laughs> I, I tend to do it and I think about it as a project. I mean, my business is a project. So I break down everything. I am usually slower in business in January and July due to the weather where I'm located. January is basically mud and rain and July is basically hot and sweaty. Uh, nobody wants to have their pictures taken when their makeup's running off their face and their horse is sweaty in five minutes and it's, you know, like walking through soup outside. I love how your July is basically eight months in Florida. That doesn't sound <laughs> seem fair. <laughs> You're like, oh, it's too hot and too sweaty to work in July. And I'm over here. That's like eight months of my life. Oh. Well, it's hot and sweaty in August too. And I don't tend to shoot much in August either because it's just miserable. Yeah. And I don't know, honestly, Kara, I don't know how you do it that much. I mean, I know you do it because you have to do it, but I'm like, I'm so yeah. miserable. I mean, just the other day we were talking on, on Facebook. I was like, okay, I want to know how to stay cool when it's humid. Like I've tried, you know, cooling rags and bottles of water and I always have, you know, frozen water and, you know, headbands that have ice packs and all this stuff. And I'm like, none of this works. So it got to be quite a fun discussion on Facebook about the various things people try. Like, do you know there's like a, a cooler that's filled with ice and has like a blower that can, you know, cool you off oh now that they make that. Do you <laughs> stick it in your car? You need one of those. Oh my God. That's <laughs> like a whole other episode right there. <laughs> I know we could do a whole episode on that sort of stuff. But anyway, so I tend to be a lot slower in January and July for, and, and I do it on purpose. And I usually pick a day or two in those months and I plan out my next six months, like what I'm going to do, what goals I want to meet and that sort of stuff. And then what I do is within those goals, I break down the exact steps I have to have in order to get where I want to be six months from now. Before we started recording this, I did a little demo for Kim and Kara on how I do this and kind of blew their minds, I think. So we talked about me maybe recording a little tutorial to show you guys how I do that. I'm a visual learner. I'm very much a visual person. I have to see it. So I use Word of all programs and I use smart art within Word to build out a chart that tells me every single step I need to do in order to get where I wanna go for whatever that goal is. And then I break it down. So I break it down by this quarter, I need to accomplish this major goal. So each month I need to do this, whatever the sub goal is. And then each week I need to do these one, two, three, four, five things to get my goals met. It's much, much easier to look at a small goal than it is to look at a big goal and say, I'm gonna do that and not know how to get there. That's awesome, Betsy. And I will tell I full confession, both Kara and I, when you said smart art, envisioned those that word art thing where you just type in a bunch of words and then it like comes back with the with all of the, the words and like the, the cloud, cloud or the shape that you tell it to. So for those of you who are going, 
how in the heck does she do this? I thought Kara had an outstanding organizational idea that you put all the words into the word art and then whatever the biggest word is, that's the project you start on. So I I was like all down for that. I'm like, okay, I can do this. But then Betsy shared her screen and she showed us what she meant. And it's not what you're thinking. It was totally different, so, guys. So if you're one of those people out there going, how the holy heck do I organize my business with word art? It's totally not what you're thinking, which is why I asked Betsy to make a tutorial for everyone because it's something that's very needed. Trust me, it's it's nice. It's square. It's easy to look at. And you look at it and you go, oh. It's colorful. It's colorful. It's perfect. It does organize <laughs> things and break them down. And it's much more interesting than the way that I've always done this. And I, I will fully confess I do this for my clients quite frequently. And then I leave it for them to do because I don't like the actual steps in the whole thing. I like to look at it and go, oh, this would be good. This would be good. This would be good. But the execution piece of it is usually where I fall flat a bit. That's just me. I'm a strategy 30,000 foot view kind of girl. But if you're running a business, it is a necessity to break those goals down in small steps. And this is a really nice way to do it, albeit not as entertaining as creating those word clouds and then taking the largest word as your first project. I really like that idea, Kara. I, I honestly am going to try that with some stuff down the road. So. Yeah. Just see what happens. You know, you never know. You never um, know. Betsy, can you walk us through an example of what that looks like for you? So if you've got a big goal, like a great example you had mentioned is you're hoping to, um, and I hope it's okay to mention this here, you're hoping to host an event with another animal-based business, right? And so that is a big goal. And I could see that being something that someone thinks about it and they say, oh God, that sounds amazing, but it sounds overwhelming. Can you tell somebody in terms of that planning part of that and breaking those goals down, what that looks like for you? So this was actually the example that I used in, in what I showed Kara and Kim on my screen earlier. And this is probably what I'll use as a little tutorial so you guys can see it. So as we talk through it, kind of keep that in mind that you can visually see it as well if you look at that tutorial. But basically all it is, is I, I took a, a quarter goal. So I have three months to plan an event and I want to co-host that event with another business who has similar clientele to me. So for example, let's say a, I don't know, a boarding barn or a, you know, a dog groomer or whatever, something that you share, right? So, so that you're borrowing their audience, they're borrowing your audience. So if you're going to do this within three months, then you're going to break down that overall goal, which is to co-host a pet event with another business into three monthly goals. So my first month, is going to be research. That's my goal. My second month is going to be promotion. And my third is going to be the hosting. So within that first month, I have four weeks of which to do things. So when I just say research, that seems very vague and big and, you know, like oh, so much to do. Well, except for me, because I love research. So, you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> but anyway, so I break it down into four weekly goals. So you have your sub goals of that. So what are your research sub goals? They might be something like research local businesses via a call or an online researching their websites, or maybe you go and visit them because you need to find who you want to co-host this with, right? So maybe you need to go and visit three businesses that you think might be a good fit for you and, you know, look at their clientele and, and kind of see if the same type of people go there that you want to communicate with and you want to talk to. So after you kind of do your, your general, you know, observing of the businesses and learning about the businesses, you're going to pick your top company. That's your weekly week two goal, you pick your top company, you send them some initial emails, you know, hey, I'm interested in doing this. Would you be interested in doing this with me? This is kind of my goal for this event and so on and so forth. You know, if your first choice doesn't come back, maybe you go to your second choice. So then week three, you meet with the owner, you set a date for the event. And then week four, you plan out your event. Who's gonna do what? Who's responsible for what? How are you gonna share each other's audiences? That sort of stuff. And that's, that's your whole month right there. And when you're done with that month, you're now done with all of your research. So you move into the promotion phase, which is month two. How detailed do you guys want me to go on this? I can keep going. <laughs> no, I think that's really good because I can see how you're taking something that could be really overwhelming, you know, like kind of like an in the sky idea and showing people, that's what I wanted you to do, is just show people like you can put these into bite size 
doable activities that you're not knocking it out in one day, but you're moving, you're always moving forward. You're always taking steps towards that with an end goal in mind. Every small business owner wants to gain traction in their marketing. After three decades of working with small business owners just like you, I have developed what I call my 4x4 marketing method. In just one 90-minute session, you'll discover the four major focus areas of a successful marketing plan, and together we'll uncover where your business is getting stuck. You'll leave the session with an action plan of next steps that engage your revenue engine. Drop by bemorebusiness.com to request your session today. That's B-E-M-O-R-E, business. Com. See you there. You know, everybody always has this big goal, like, you know, I want to have a bigger business. I want to, you know, have more clients. I want to have more this or that. But in a lot of this comes to what Kim talks about with SMART goals. It's kind of the same thing. These goals need to be attainable. They need to be reachable. They need to be trackable. You need to understand what you're doing. And the same thing falls into planning. When you break it down, these need to be goals that you know what you're doing. You're accomplishing your little baby step and it's getting you closer to your bigger overall goal. And there are steps to take all along the way. And you've thought about those so that you can plan them out accordingly. So you're not trying to bite the entire thing off at one time, like I often do. I am really, I love to make these plans and then I love to execute them in a week instead of um, three months. <laughs> so, and that doesn't work well. But you know, you can set things like that too. I mean, nothing says that your goal, whatever it may be, has to be a quarterly goal or a yearly goal. It could be a weekly goal. You could be like on Monday, by Friday, I want to have this accomplished, whatever it is. And then you break down whatever that is. So you do a little bit each day to get to where you need to be on Friday. It does not have to be some long-term thing. It's just that when I look at my business, I tend to look at it in quarters and year. And that's just me personally, but that's not to say that everything has to be done that way. So in January, you sit down and you take a look or probably you're nice and organized, probably December or even November, you take a look at the next year and figure out what you want to accomplish. And then it's kind of like a Russian nesting dolls of goal setting. You have like your whole year and then you break those down into time slots and then you break them down into in specific projects. Is that true? Pretty much, although you were wrong on the November, December, it's actually more like September. Oh, good grief. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. What can I say? I'm a little type A. I love it. I love it. Well, I love the organization piece. And, and as a person who's not incredibly organized, one, I've spent a lot of time doing a lot of work, like emotional work around accepting the fact that I'm never going to fit into that mold. I always have been envious of people who have that type of organizational skill who can really stick to it after, after they set their goals. Like I can think of, I know what I want to be doing for the next five years. That's not a problem, but breaking it down into step-by-step step and then actually executing those steps. I, I admire you for that. And I, you inspire me endlessly in that notion of being able to do that. And I love it. September, I was giving you props. I was going, okay, it has to be like December or November. <laughs> but you know why it's September? I mean, there's actually a very logical reason why it's September is because October and November are some of the busiest shooting months. And then you go into December, which is holiday stuff. So, I, I mean, it's, it's not that I'm like super ridiculously type A and just really like to do it that early. It's just that I know I have the time then. Yeah. You know. And that's, that's another important piece that I think our listeners, if you didn't perk up and get that, here's a person who has to think ahead like that because you have a lot of distractions going on in your world above and beyond your business and you have to know when your busy times are and that means knowing your customers it's knowing your life it's knowing all of those things and then taking it into account so kudos to you Betsy and another thing for our listeners is you guys don't have to institute this like all of it if what she's saying you can take little parts and pieces too that's what I do. I have to become organized in steps. Baby steps. <laughs> baby steps. <laughs> baby steps, Betsy. Baby steps. Maybe your goal should be organization and then you do all your little baby steps underneath it. <laughs> so, so as a typically unorganized person, I find organization incredible 
incredibly fun and I'm very attracted to it. It's just actually following through with it where it's sort of, I leave it behind. And as Kara just mentioned, the uh, when we were getting there, I chased the next butterfly, which is great. I'm always visioning things and pushing the envelope, which is the place where I really shine. But this is great. But you know, like I look at that and I think I'm very envious about you being able to do that because there are times that I think it would be so fun to just like throw my plan away and rush off and do, you know, I don't know, go on a trip and photograph something that, you know, I just think is really cool. But, you know, I can't. It has to be scheduled. You know, it has to be, okay, I'm going to be gone these two weeks. This is what's happening. This is who's taking care of children. This is, you know, no doctor's appointments are scheduled. You know, I mean, it has to be much more planned. So I'm very envious of people who can just toss it and go, you know, <laughs> and just be off doing something fun at the, the drop of a hat. And and if I had children that had medical needs, I probably would not be dropping things and running off the way that I do. However, I am blessed with a um, healthy family and very much opportunity for me to do that. So, um, and someday, Betsy, you will probably find yourself in that position as well and wanting to escape and have some procrastinating fun. And when you do uh, and you need some education in how to become a better procrastinator, I can definitely definitely coach you on that. Well, I'll tell you, this pandemic was ridiculously hard on me because, you know, I used to travel for like a weekend here or there. And that was kind of my break from all the craziness, you know, so I'd go off and with Kara, we'd go off somewhere and shoot something fun and have a great time, you know, and that was really my break. But when the pandemic happened, you know, all the travel really stopped. And so it literally just made it, I'm here all the time. I'm going crazy. I can't wait to be back on the road. (laughs) Awesome. And we can't wait to see you back on the road again as well. Your equine-based business has unique needs. It's your job to tell the story of your horse brand. You know what you want to say, but creating or finding powerful storytelling images that grab the attention of your ideal client can be a challenge, especially when you're busy running your business. That's why equine industry business leaders turn to Fast Horse Photography and a library featuring thousands of searchable images available for businesses just like yours. And guess what? 100% of those images are horse-related. Now, finding the right horse images for your website, social media, and all your other needs is easier than ever. Find the perfect images for your equine business right now at FastHorsePhotography.com. That's FastHorsePhotography.com. Now, the next step in all of this for you that when we talked about the prep on this episode is something near and dear to my heart because it helps me who I get distracted easily and I'm off to chase the next butterfly and I need automation to support me. And I know in your world, automation is is a big deal. Talk to us a little bit about what that means to you and why it's so important in being able to reach your goals. Okay, so about, I think it was about three or four years ago, I realized that I was kind of balancing so much stuff and I was never sleeping. And I, you know, I was working at like three or four in the morning <laughs> because I had so much to do. And it occurred to me at the time, I was like, I've been thinking about automating some stuff just to kind of make it easier on me. But I just kept pushing it off because I was like, it's going to take so long to do. And, you know, uh. so I basically made it one of my goals. Uh, it was a month long goal. I literally took the whole month of July and 90% of what I worked on was automation. And that has to do why it took so long (laughs) was because I have so many workflows and so much different stuff. A typical person who's early in in business is not going to have nearly the automation that I have set up. But what I wanted my automation to do was I wanted it to limit the amount of time that I wasted talking to people who were not my clients who shouldn't be my client, that, you know, they're not a good fit for me and that sort of stuff. Because I had a lot of people who would contact me and, uh, you know, they would want to know, you know, very first thing, what are your prices? That's usually a really good sign that they're probably not my client. I'm not the cheapest photographer by far. And my clients aren't looking at price. They're looking for experience. So it's a little bit different how we look at it. So what I did was I wanted to make sure that I limited 
that type of contact because you know so many times you're just sending the exact same email over and over and you never hear from them again so you're having to type that email and waste that time sending it but it's not who you should be talking to and then i wanted to educate my clients and walk them through the processes without me having to necessarily do it so there are certain things that i do you know in person there's certain things that are automated emails because everyone needs to know that Everybody needs to know maybe how to dress for a session. Everybody needs to know, you know, how to prepare your horse for a photo shoot. You know, there's just certain things that everyone kind of needs to know. The emails are very similar and that sort of stuff. So I sat down and basically wrote out workflows for every type of client I have, which was basically just like a flow chart. Like, you know, I drew a bunch of boxes on a page like a bunch of squares and I started filling them in from this is first contact with that person what do they do to get all the way you know until we're done interacting so you know it might be Kara's over there smiling at me <laughs> no I was just in my brain this like choose your own adventure kind of yeah thought popped up and I was like picturing people like going through the process and, and that really kind of is what it me. is because me. every client you have does it differently like like what their yeah. needs from you are is different like for example a commercial client is going to be different from a personal client right a pet client might be different from a horse client you know someone who's wanting a senior session like a senior photography session is probably different from someone who or is definitely different from someone who has a horse that's older in life and may have to be put down soon so i basically went through and i wrote out every type of client i might have and then i wrote from initial contact with that person to where they leave you know and we're done our business is concluded and all the steps involved and then i looked at okay of these people what can i automate what can i take off my plate while still getting them what they need it makes perfect sense and we just recorded an episode on how to choose what to automate in your business and what to delegate in your business and it's a really important piece of this puzzle it's the growing pain of being an entrepreneur is figuring out that automation and delegation the first piece of it is is you've got to figure out what it is that you're doing you have to figure out your system to begin with. But then once you get your system figured out and you're able to write it down, there is so much of that that you can automate or delegate and get off your plate so that you can do the more important things like chase the butterflies. <laughs> So to me, that's my motivation for it, right? If automation can free up my time so that I can go do something totally creative and chase a butterfly, you bet I'm all down for the automation. I'll go through the pain to get to the piece of that. And and yes, even for me, automation is a little painful. I know Kara's like, I don't like any of the automation stuff. I, you're in the middle of writing your emails right now, aren't you? Yeah, I'm working on it. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what you see too with automation is is that particularly someone who's been in business for a few years when you write down you know how from the initial contact until that client is done with your services when you write that down and you look at it you tend to see where your hang-ups are and what your problems are like and you'll see the things that you don't like to do like oh this person sat in waiting for me to give them a call about such and such because I don't like talking to people on the phone, for example. So when you start seeing where the hangups and the problems are, that's where you look at, can I automate it or can I outsource it to, you know, maybe a secretary who makes that phone call instead of you. That's what helps is because when you're visualizing it and you're looking at it, you can tell what constantly you're having problems with you know every time my client waits for me to make this phone call to him because I really just don't like talking on the phone or which is not true in my case I like to talk on the phone <laughs> but, but you know so when you start looking at that and you really start breaking systems overall systems down you'll start seeing where your business is not flowing as smoothly as it should and that will allow you to figure out what you need to automate or what you need to outsource exactly exactly that's awesome automation is a recurring theme on this podcast and there's a reason for that it's that important and it's that critical to your business and helping you get your time back so the third piece of the puzzle Betsy that you talk about is 
the Eat the Frog, which is comes from a book by Brian Tracy. But this has to do with time management, time blocking. And then talk to us a little bit about eating frogs <laughs> and not the cool frog legs that Kara likes and that I like, but um, that big slimy frog. <laughs> that big slimy Kara's frog. Kara's like, oh my God, Kim did it again. <laughs> It's back to dog door doilies all over again. <laughs> now it's slimy frog. You know, that big slimy frog is just that big stinking project that you don't want to do. Either because it's taxing on your brain, it requires too much effort, it's not something you enjoy doing, you aren't good at whatever it is, or you just have a mental block about doing it because it may move your business forward and you really secretly don't want to do that yet or whatever the case may be. So when it comes to eating the frog, <laughs> I'm huge on this. <laughs> I have I have a to-do list that is a running to-do list and it literally is just, I write down everything on it all day long and I categorize it by A, B's and C's. So A's are sort of like super important things that need to be done. Yeah. B's are like, these need to be done, but they're not as urgent as an A. And then C's are like, eh, if I get that done, that'd be great, <laughs> you know, but I'm not going to kill myself trying to do it. So what I tend to do is I think of eating the frog as doing the most important thing of your day when your brain power is the best. So like in my case, I'm a morning person. Years of having early bird children have done that to me. Um, but I'm a morning person. And now at this point, the kids sleep in if they're not in school or they're in school. Either way, I don't have kids underfoot in the morning, which is great. I've got a rested brain. I'm paying attention. Kara, she drinks her spark in the morning and she's super ready to go and peppy. <laughs> you know, So first thing in the morning is not the time that you need to check your email. It's not the time that you need to write your daily social media post. It's not the time that you should be doing all that. It's the time that you should take that big project and spend two hours solid and get it done. And I say this, you know, as myself, I'm a morning person and I do change it a little bit with the eating the frog theory, which is always do it in the morning. But there are some people who evening time is their prime time. Like they are, and my daughter's one of them. I mean, she is worthless in the morning, but boy, you hit her at about 8 p.m. She is ready to go and can accomplish anything she sets her mind to, but it's like until two in the morning, you know? So for her, that's when she should be doing that stuff is because that's when her brain is most engaged. That's when she's, you know, most paying attention. And, you know, that's when she can accomplish that sort of stuff. I'm the exact opposite. So <laughs> I really like that way of thinking, because I think one of the things that I've struggled with sometimes is I'll come in in the morning and I'll sit down at my desk and I'll say, okay, here's my to-do list. Let me just knock out these five things that I know are quick and easy and kind of like brainless, like they don't take a lot of brain power, because then I'll feel like once they're off my plate that I can really sit down and focus on some of these bigger things. And what you're saying makes complete sense to me because what happens is I get, it's like, there's always one more little thing. You know, there's always one more little fire that's got to be put out and I'm just kind of treading water. And then I get to the end of my day and I'm like, okay, I did all of this stuff, but none of this, all of this just kept me treading water. It didn't move me forward. So I really appreciate that. Let's talk about that for a minute because you know, if we were in person, I would be smacking your hand <laughs> and telling you, no, Kara, no. <laughs> so, okay, this is something you and I have talked about a lot is because I'm a firm, firm believer in time blocking. And the reason is, is because when your brain is engaged in a task, your brain takes a little bit of time to switch gears. And as much as you think, oh, well, I just did social media, now I'm gonna pay my bills, now I'm gonna do that, and you're instantly changing. The fact is, is your brain is a little bit slower than that. It takes about 20 minutes to kind of switch gears and get into something new and really delve into it. So when you are thinking, okay, I'm just gonna write a social media post each morning and I'm going to you know, maybe crack out this or that and just get it done. The fact is, is if you time blocked it, your brain is actually more engaged in it and it makes it easier to do. So what I do, like as an example with social media posts, I actually do those a month at a time. So I just pick a day and I have about two hours 
and I'll sit down and I will get the pictures, get my captions, get, you know, all my hashtags and load them into, I use Planoly and I load them into there and everything. So all I have to do literally every day when I want to post it, sometimes I do them as, you know, auto posting and it just does it for me. And sometimes I post them myself, but that's pretty much all that I'm involved in. I don't have to sit there and come up with it every day. And it's much, much easier. And I'm going to tell you a little trick that I use. <laughs> so for social media in particular, I sit down kind of during my planning days. I usually pick like a half a morning every six months. And I will take like, I'll look at blog posts, for example. And for all my blog posts and stuff, I will literally write down as many captions as I can from one blog post. Mm -hmm. Okay. You're repurposing so, your content. That makes a lot of sense. Right. Yeah. And I do it into Trello. Like, so I put them into Trello. I have a Trello board that literally is for social media posts. And I will just, you know, write down all of these, every blog post, you know, here's 10 different social media captions for that blog post. I do that for, you know, any, any time I see something that I'm like, oh, you know, that's a meme and it's funny and I can use it and, and mix it up and change it and make it into a caption. I just throw them into that social media post Trello board. And then when I sit down, you know, once a month and I do my things, I'll sit there and I'll go, well, I need to have something about education. And then I need to have something that's funny. And then I need to have something that's, you know, engaging or whatever. And all I do is go to that Trello board and I go, ha, ah, here's one that's about education. And I pull it out, you know, here's one that's about something funny. And then I'll put the images in there to match them. And that's literally all I do. So it's planning ahead of time to save me having to do it each day. Yeah. And it's smart in terms of like planning your message, you know, like you want your message to flow and to work together and be cohesive and to stay on target. So when you can sit down and you're not doing it every single day, but when you can sit down and actually plan it, you can craft and cultivate those messages. So that makes a lot of sense. And the other plus too, to doing it on a, like a Trello board, like I do, is the fact that, you know, I don't delete them once I use them and you know yeah. because social media posts are not seen your entire audience doesn't see every single social media post so you can repeat them and you different people yeah. will see them every time so you know you have a good caption that you like that talks about something save it you know use it again in three months uh, you know people aren't necessarily going to see them repeatedly so that's what I kind of try to do is to keep oh my dogs are barking guys <laughs> my dogs are having a battle in the other room <laughs> Sorry if you hear puppies. Yeah. <laughs> Nitro and Chloe here. are playing. <laughs> um, so, you know, I tend to do that. And what that has helped me do is over the last like three years, I have a huge, huge library of social media posts. I mean, huge. Like I could probably repeat them every single day for probably three years and have a different post every day. So I can pick and choose and it takes me no time at all. So... Now they've brought the battle in here. Hey, get out of here. So that's one of those things that by doing that sort of thing, you're saving time in the long run, which is just so much better. <laughs> I also filter people through, you know how like people can email you or send you a message on like Instagram or they can send you a message on Facebook. It's too many different places. You know, like try, as a business owner, trying to keep up with Facebook messages and Instagram messages and, you know, messages through your website and, and text messages and not missing things and emails. And it's, it's so hard to keep track of that. And it's very, very distracting. So what I did is I sent up auto messages to go for face, like if somebody Facebook messages my page, they get an automatic response that says, Facebook messaging has been turned off for this page. I'd love to talk to you about this. Here's where you go and here's a link, you know, and it sends them to a link on my website and it sends them there. They can click that, fill out the information and everything. And it sends them automatically into my CRM system, which has automatic responses for things. So it's filtering out a lot of people who are just asking, what are your prices? Because they're not going to make that effort to go to the next step. It saves me time in the long run doing that. So by the time I ever actually talk to someone, they're interested. They're probably my client. And once I talk to them on the phone, I almost always book them. My booking rates have gone up. Well, they've definitely been, to some extent, qualified, mm -hmm. you know, because they've much gone so. through. And it's, so it's saving stages, me time, so. but it's also increased yeah. my booking rate by a lot. 
um, you know, because I'm not wasting time on things that don't move my business forward. Amazing. Betsy, you have given people so much to think about in so many, like just in the big three things that you've mentioned, there are so many things. I mean, we could do a, probably an episode on each one of those pieces for sure. Right, Kim? I think um, the big thing, though, is that you've got, hopefully we've got people thinking about ways that they can streamline their business, especially those people out there that are feeling a little overwhelmed or maybe they're working on their side hustle and, and dreaming about how to move forward when they're super busy. So I really, really appreciate that. I would love to hear from you if you were sitting down with someone that was in the really early stages of starting their business and maybe they're not ready for that big time automation yet. Do you have any advice that you would give to that person? Just something to kind of move them forward today? Absolutely. So if you're early in a business, one of the first things that I would suggest you do is make sure that you make a to-do list and you do not have to do it in any fancy way, it can literally be on a legal pad. <laughs> you know, I mean, I literally keep a legal pad right next to me that I scribble stuff on as I think of it, you know, and do that, make a list and then categorize that list. Because what I think you'll find is you'll find that there are certain things that are really important. There are certain things that are good to do. And there are certain things that you have on that list just to keep you busy, to be busy. And when you start looking at that, start taking some of that stuff off. If it's, if it's something that's just keeping you busy to say you're busy, you don't need to do it. That would be my first thing. My second thing would be to eat the frog. Do the important things that are on that list at your most productive period of time, whatever it is. So if you're, you know, the most important thing that you do is to build your website and to make sure your website is ready to go, then you need to schedule that to be done at the times that you are the most productive of your day. And then the other thing I would suggest for a novice is, is keep track of what emails you send a lot. You don't have to automate them right now, but even something as simple as taking an email and saving it in a, like a Word document and just saving that and titling it, you know, initial inquiry, you know, or something like that, where you can just cut and paste it rather than having to retype a response every single time is gonna save you time in the long run. And what you're doing is you're building up the emails that you're going to need for future automation. So those would be my three big things for them. Thank you so much for that, Betsy. I I don't know, every time we have an episode, Kim, I say this, but I always feel like I'm motivated and I have new things that I can kind of add to my you know, like the things I want to use to move my business forward. So I really appreciate that. I know folks are going to want to find you online, Betsy. They're going to want to know how to connect with you. Can you please tell people where they can find you online and how they can connect with you? You can find me online at my website, which is rideveskyequine.com. And you can always send me a message through there. There's a let's talk button up in the corner. So feel free to shoot me a message and say hi. You can find me on Facebook at Ride the Sky Equine and Instagram at Ride the Sky Equine as well. Well, Betsy, thank you so much. And and I really encourage people to, to look up Betsy's photography. She has some beautiful <laughs> images on her site. And thank you again for providing this wonderful comic relief and letting us into the chaos and also extreme organization of your life. Two very, very different aspects of, of running a business. And I, I know that people out there will appreciate how you put your business together and are able to do so much within such a small amount of time that you have to devote to it. So I wish you great success and we look forward to having you on the show again. Everybody go out there and get organized and use your smart art in word. <laughs> so we'll see y'all on the next episode. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Business Animal. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you learned something today, leave us a review. To learn more, find us at thebusinessanimal.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, keep your business well-trained with The Business Animal. <laughs>